0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. We got another good one for you today. Uh, My guest today is probably one of the most intentional people I have ever talked with. In this podcast episode, Jamie Villalovas. she actually talks about a 100-year plan. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of anyone talk about a 100-year plan for their life. Obviously, it goes well past Our lives, but she's thinking about future generations. She's not only thinking about the thousands of employees that she is responsible for in her businesses uh, and in those that she coaches toward intentionality, toward impact, and toward health, but she's thinking about future generations down the line. Uh, This is incredibly inspiring, and some of you may be a little bit dizzy uh, listening to this. Jamie does a lot, and some people have called her the balance queen. She talks about this term balance. We talk a little bit about the pandemic, what it's shaken up in leaders, and at the very end, I talk about some opportunities that there are right now, which I believe there are many opportunities right now as we sort of exit the extended COVID season into life after COVID and what that looks like, I'm seeing some really unique opportunities. And I'm sure we'll do a podcast on that in the future. But I think you'll enjoy this conversation. You'll be challenged by it for sure. As she talks about her new book, Happy and Healthy. And this is Jamie Villalobas. She talks about the opportunities we have right now, leadership balance, the challenges of her and her leadership and her own four kids. And she also gets real and vulnerable about her own story. Enjoy my conversation with Jamie. Jamie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Ellen. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. We do a lot of really similar work. It sounds like we have a similar heart um, to help people with their impact and their identity, who they are, what they're doing, um, and all these things seem to fit so well together. Love chatting with you a little bit. First of all, though, congratulations uh, on your book. Um, tell us your big why uh, behind this project. You certainly don't need more to do. Why'd you take on a book project?
1: You know, I didn't want to. Uh, in my in my business plan, I, I have a very extensive business plan that goes actually even 100 years past when I pass away. But in my business plan, I thought, well, maybe when the kids are off to college and out of the house, I just have too much on my plate. But you know, during COVID, it was this was born, really, because I was working with leaders, entrepreneurs, helping them, and it just seemed that during COVID, everyone, everyone seemed to be in their own little form of depression. Everyone was sad. Everyone was having a hard time progressing and moving past certain things. And I was finding myself doing free mental wellness workshops for leaders and entrepreneurs because these poor leaders were sucking up all of this negativity of the people that they were trying to serve and lead. And, um, and I just, I've seen it, I've been around, you know, since I've been an entrepreneur having my own business for like the last 23 years. And I, I was around during 2008 financial crisis and also during this pandemic. And I've seen so many people that, um, you know, they're chasing their biggest dreams or they're serving and leading thousands of people, but yet they're still unfulfilled, they're still unhappy. Mm-hmm. And when things like this happen, I've seen them lose everything. And so uh, I just, cause kind of inspired. <laughs> I, I was kept getting this, you know, feeling, and I don't know if it's the spirit, or whatever, telling me that I needed to, to write this book. And I fought it for a little while. I didn't want another thing on my plate, but when I finally said, Yeah, sure, I'll 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 make this happen. Um, it was it just actually became very easy. A lot of great people came to my aid. And um, you know, John Maxwell was a you know great influence and help during that time. Uh my mom actually called up and said, Hey, I'm bored in pandemic, I'm gonna come and and visit the kids. And, you know, she took a lot off my plate where where she was picking up and dropping off and doing the cooking and stuff like that. So it all worked out actually pretty perfectly.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Um, Well, what's your heart behind your work? You talk about balance and rhythm. Why does that matter so much to you, Jamie?
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur building my own business for 23 years. And, um, you know, I've done well. I was making seven figures before I was 30 years old. Then I started having kids, you know, and I uh, I, I built my business having one child. Well, not too big of a deal. Getting married, oh, making some adjustments, but then two kids, three kids, four kids. And each time I had to make tweaks in my schedule, make changes, make adjustments, compromises to keep growing. And I see so many. Leaders that uh, burn out, or they'll say things like, "Well, I think I have enough," or "I think I've done enough," and they'll kind of reevaluate what they want in life be- to settle for for less because uh, it's just maybe too much of a sacrifice or too much of a price that they're paying. And I just I, it breaks my heart because I know they have more in them, more to contribute. And so for me, um, through a lot of trial and out error, and a lot of great <laughs> coaches and mentors, I've learned to, you know, get past the adversity, get past um, these setbacks, uh, and get past, you know, these these uh, having so much on your plate. I, I think I'm one of the busiest people I know, you know, with the four kids and the teenagers and this prom next weekend. And there's just always a lot going on. I'm also on the board of several charities and I travel the world and, you know, have orphanages in other countries. And there's so much going on all the time between business and leadership and family and my faith. And, and so, um, again it's what i'm most passionate about i've i've coached a lot of people on leadership and entrepreneurship but what i find i find that i love the most is helping when they get stuck when they're feeling um that maybe they just can't get to that next level or they're plateaued or they're you know maybe feeling hey i'm i'm doing okay now but i'm i'm arguing with my spouse more or you know i'm i'm achieving my dreams but now i'm not spending enough time with my kids and just helping them to Uh, you know, overcome the overwhelm and get past that and move on to that next better version of themselves and be able to contribute more. Uh, My goal is to build leaders, you know, equip people with leadership skills, but also teach them how to, to attract and be good stewards of wealth. Mm -hmm. Because if you have money and you have leadership skills, you can really, you can change the world. And if I can inspire them, maybe just spark a little bit of, of passion for philanthropy Then they're focused on things outside themselves and they will continue to grow, continue to progress and continue to make a bigger impact.
0: Hmm. I'm curious from your angle, what are a couple of the leading factors in leaders that end up burning out?
1: A lot of things. Well, one of the things is a lot of, a lot of leaders, male and female, but I think especially female tend to take on more than they should. They tend to say yes to everything. <laughs> you know, leaders, I believe absolutely that leaders are servants and that leaders should have a team over me mentality. The team comes first. What's best for the team is best what's, you know, what's best for them. But also, you know, they have to be feeling themselves. And I did that for a long time. I would kind of, you know, the team was my my company and all these people that I was serving and, and helping. All that chaos always came first because there's always something urgent that you have to attend to. What would come next? Of course, the kids and all of their things and their activities. And then what would come last Poor thing is my husband, Sean, and he deserved more than that. And then what didn't come at all usually was me, my self-care. And so we tend to burn out because we take too much on our plate. We don't know how to say no. Uh, I teach in the book a lot of you know my scripts of how to politely and nicely say no, that you don't have any guilty feelings. So you can set boundaries to all these people that are sucking up your time um, and burning you out. But women, especially, women tend to uh if you ask, if you ask all the men and all the women in an organization the same question of, let's say, subsystems and admin systems, the women typically know how to run all of those. And a lot of them are actually doing it instead of delegating to their staff. Whereas the men wouldn't even know those systems exist. He would just have his staff doing it. And so again, uh it's it's all leaders. We tend to say yes and we tend to say, you know what, if it's going to be done right, I'm going to do it myself. Or I'll just get it done faster if I do it myself. Or I'll sleep when I'm dead. And we're, you know, burning the candles at both ends because we have this vision of what we are trying to accomplish uh, for others or for, for our own life. And then eventually we get to a point where like, man, I've been working so hard for so long. I need a break. And uh, we tend to plateau. And I, I know there's no, really no such thing as plateauing. It's you're either growing or you're dying. You're either contributing or you're you're shrinking back in in your capacity. And so, um, you know, I think that burnout comes from lack of self care, lack of you know, it's just kind of putting everything else first. If you aren't taking care of you, you're gonna you're not going to be the best leader. You're not going to be the best communicator. You're not going to be the best husband or wife or parent. You're going to be short, probably with your kids. You're not going to have the best uh, inspiration and ideas because you're going to be stressed out. And again, I I am all for being busy. I'm very, very busy all the time. But there's a difference between busy and fulfilled and loving your life and busy and chaos and anxiety and stress. And so, you know, like I said, if you can take care of, figure out what your self-care needs are first and take care of you. And have all that kind of planned in there. And then next should be, I think your number one relationship, which besides with God, is with your spouse. The best thing that you can do for your kids is show your kids an example of a happy, loving relationship. Most people put their kids first because, you know, the kids are everything. But I believe the spouse should come next. Then the kids, the family unit. And that's the most important core unit. And then everything else that you're building is really just who you are, what you stand for, and should be supporting your core values and your vision and your family.
0: Mm. Take me back to a time, Jamie, when you were overly busy, you were overwhelmed, and you weren't caring for yourself well
1: enough. Yesterday with the book launch? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not perfect at this, obviously, but... No, I mean, there's been plenty of times, you know, early in my career, I was fired up. I was excited. I was doing all this personal development and, you know, just working so hard in the office, first one there, last one to leave. And then, you know, I had this, I called it my open door policy. Anyone in my organization needed anything, they could call. It could be midnight and they could call and I'm going to answer the phone. I'll always be there for my team. And, you know, they would interrupt (laughs) me during appointments and stuff. It was kind of crazy to think about it, but I, uh, I just believe that leaders are servants and, um, you know, you've got to cast a great vision and you have to have a common goal, but you also have to hold their hand and help them get there. So I was making myself available pretty much 24-7. And uh, I also had my third child uh, at that time. Um, I have four now, but I had my third child and I wasn't taking good care of myself. I wasn't eating right. I had kind of put my workouts and those things on the back burner and just going for some big goals. And I started getting like a lot of these aches and pains and just feeling really fatigued. And I just thought, yeah, I'm a busy mom, you know, no big deal, you know, and I wasn't sleeping well. And uh, just again, burning the candle both ends, what a lot of leaders do. And we kind of, again, feel like, well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make it up. We'll ke- When we get there to that next goal, then we'll, you know, we'll change things up a bit. Well, you know, sometimes like, you know, you know, you're, you know what you ought to be doing, but you're not. Not taking good care of yourself, and and so sometimes God's going to have to just put the hammer down and and kind of do some course correction for you if you're not willing to do it yourself. And so I it was uh, it was crazy. I was again feeling all these weird things, but in a matter of a few days, a big patch of hair, probably about three inches by an inch and a half on the back of my head, completely fell out. It went completely bald in this huge patch on the back of my head. So of course I freak out and I go to the doctor that Monday morning. And he tells me it's autoimmune. Start drawing all this blood. And they said I had autoimmune disease. I went to a rheumatologist and they said, you have lupus. It's incurable. And we don't know what causes it. And, um, you know, (laughs) they said it could be your lipstick for all we know. And there's no cure. So here's a pill. It's going to ruin your eyes. You're going to take it for the rest of your life. Eventually, you're going to have to take a different pill because it's going to stop working. And probably eventually your kidneys are going to fail anyway. And by the way, you can't get pregnant ever again. I wanted more kids. And I just... You know, I've learned from being in leadership long enough and around such amazing vision stretching leaders long enough that you don't listen to negative people. And I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor, but I needed a second opinion for sure. And uh, instead of getting on that medication, you know, I kind of applied everything that I learned in leadership development and everything I've learned in business and success principles to my health and now my self-care. So instead of being a student of leadership or, you know, these other things, I now became a student of my own body. And for the first time I put uh, myself, my wellness first, and I learned what I needed uh, to, to manage stress better and to you know get, get the right amount of sleep and to eat for my body and food can be medicine. And so I just set a date, like I did everything else and put it in my, my goals and I read it every morning and I envisioned myself healthy and full of energy. At that time, I was not uh, healthy and full of energy. I had lost about 30 pounds. My bones were sticking out. My eyes were black and sunken in underneath my eyes. Um, I looked horrible. I felt horrible. There was times I couldn't even get off the couch and and I could barely walk up the stairs in my house. I remember one day kind of laying, my head was on the pillow on the couch and I could hardly move. My muscles were so fatigued and I could hear my two oldest kids. They were pretty young at the time upstairs and they were playing and I could hear them start to argue over this toy. And I just felt like such a, so worthless. You know, I felt like a bad mom. I felt like I had, um, let my, my people down that I was leading, um, that I wasn't doing everything I needed to be doing there and keeping commitments there. But I just felt so bad that I couldn't even get myself up to walk up those stairs. And I was just crying and just feeling like I was at my lowest point point. But uh, just kept, again, envisioning, I, I look great, I feel great, I'm in the best shape of my life was my affirmation at that time and actually still is one of them. But, um, but I set a goal for 18 months and again, started to become a master of, of, of understanding self-care and wellness and reversed it and became autoimmune free after about 18 months and uh, have not been, have had no autoimmune problems for about 11 years now. So, you know, I think that it's, it's very typical for leaders to neglect their wellness. And, you know, we, we, as leaders, we study mental, well, you know, mental toughness and, you know, a mind sealed tightly against all negatives. And, you know, we study these things, but then things happen like the pandemic, where it's just, no matter what, you're just emotionally fatigued because it's coming at you from all angles. And, uh, and there's some things that are just hard uh, for everybody or just hard things in life, you know, maybe a betrayal of a partner or, you know, a death of a loved one or a child, things that are just so hard. And um, and we need to know how to use that uh, and take that. And, you know, these hard, hard things, these adversities and use them for our good to become better, to, to, to grow from those things, to have it be our strength now to help others and to become that best version of ourselves.
0: How are you a more resilient leader after the pandemic than before?
1: Oh wow, you know. So I think during the pandemic, leaders leaders step into action during those tough times. You know, tough times make leaders better. And uh, I remember when it first kind of happened and the the shutdowns happened, my first thought was my people my people need me more than ever. And so I saw great leaders that. We're kind of coasting a little bit, you know, they were doing pretty well and they had systems in place and leaders in place, things in place. So they were kind of in coasting mode and all of a sudden, boom, it was like waking a a giant leaders lead in tough times. And so it was just all of a sudden the best leaders were now going deep into their organizations, deep into communication with, with teammates. And so, uh, yeah, it makes you more resilient, but I think it was just always there. Leaders lead during tough times. And so, you know, I just, for me anyway, it was, I, I didn't want to lose any of my people. You know, obviously there there was more suicide, more depression, more people on antidepressants now, more people, alcoholism is, is at an all-time high, drug abuse is at an all-time high. All these bad things are, you know, divorce is up during this pandemic because of this pressure that was on. Uh, constantly, and it wasn't just the COVID. It was other things. It was it was the new. It was all the, all all areas being attacked and uh, mentally. But like I said, I think leaders um, they step into their the, the the light during those times, and they are a light for others. And so they're the ones that say, "Okay, here, here's the positive." And I just kept trying to keep my people focused on the good. And you know, here's what's next. Here's what's coming. Now, here during this tough time, it's it's an opportunity for us to reach out and serve others, help others. I did all kinds of charity events. Um, we did one when we couldn't be together, where we did Sleep Out America for the Covenant House for, for raising money for homeless youth, teenagers, homeless youth, teenagers, and kids. And so we were all in our backyards, you know, under the stars, you know, on Zooms together and just getting people focused on doing good and what's next. And so if you have hope, about, you know, what's coming, you're not so focused on where you're at. Again, one of the keys to happiness is progression, growth, and what's next. And so when we're sitting here focused on the problem, watching the news, or, you know, just talking continuously with negative people, which is a lot of what was happening, um, we're going to get sucked into that negativity. And we're going to focus on the problem. When we focus on the problem, the problems expand and our, you know, we just become miserable. So leaders... Uh, Focus on the good leaders focus on what's next uh, and leaders focus on helping others. And if you're if you're focused on others, and you're focused on what you're grateful for, you can't help but be uh, more excited more positive and that combats, Mm -hmm. you know, all the negativity.
0: Yeah. After coaching leaders through the pandemic, you know, from a wide variety for-profit, non-for-profit, you know, even church leaders and some online influencers, I noticed something was a really wide gap or Delta between those that saw the pandemic as an opportunity and as a big bother, maybe a victim mindset versus a growth mindset. And I try not to be overly simplistic or have these dualisms, but I just saw a wide gap there. I'm curious, did you see some of that? Does that line up with what you experienced?
1: Of course. Yeah, of course. I think, you know, my belief is that in every adversity, every adversity, even those hard things like a death of a child, every adversity, there is a seed of equal or greater benefit, right? It was from Napoleon Hill has always said that. And he, you know, so even the toughest things can be a gift for us. And this pandemic was a big one. So of course, the bigger the challenge, the bigger the adversity, the bigger the benefit. So when you have these challenges, Wow, there's opportunity in them. And so, so many people I I saw completely shut down. They just gave up. They just said, oh, I'll wait till it's all over. I'll wait till it gets back to normal. But then others just, I mean, their businesses, their families, everything, not just thrived, but just grew exponentially. And that's because they looked at this as a way to either serve others, help others, or, or as an opportunity to grow. And um, again, yeah, like you said, it's a growth mindset versus just uh, kind of letting things happen to them instead of for them.
0: You've got this title, the balance queen. Um, I want to hear a little bit about that. When did you first get that title? Uh, And then also, what do you think is the key to actually finding that balance as a leader?
1: Yeah. So I don't know the balance queen. That's something that they started saying is kind of. I don't know, <laughs> kind of silly. I'm not sure if I like it. I, I gave myself a, a title of impactpreneur. That's kind of what I'm trying to do here. But but the balance part definitely is uh, is important, and I, I love it because when it's not hard, it's very learnable things, very tangible, learnable things that you can do. You can implement in your family. You can implement in your spiritual life, and of course in your business and your leadership uh, capacities that you know make you happier and and more fulfilled and not so stressed out and unhealthy all the time and, uh, and mentally well. But uh, as far as balance, I think, you know, for me as a leader, it's first, first and foremost, uh, again, it's streamlining your life, simplifying, getting things off your plate that don't need to be there. And I think, again, as leaders, we just add and add and add and just kind of keep throwing stuff in. And like that ox just keeps pulling the wagon full of full of everybody else's stuff. And so, what do you need to unload first of all, so that you can work at your your ultimate capacity? But you know, so I look at my plate and I say, you know what, this can be delegated to maybe a staff member. This can be delegated to maybe a uh, to one of the kids in my home. You know, I don't need to be doing this. You know, so I figure out what can be taken off my plate. And sometimes what people might think, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Jamie. You you're rich. You know, you can you can hire staff, but. These are things that you can do when you're not, you know, you've not made it yet. You're just starting out as a leader and you you can't afford a ton of staff, but you figure out, you know, what are you doing? You know, if it doesn't grow my faith, my family, my, or my wellness, or my business, I don't do it. I delegate it to someone else. And so I have workshops that help people to identify these things. But then once you've done that, you know, decluttered your personal life, decluttered your office, your business decluttered your mental state, right? And you've kind of streamlined your life. Then you have to guard that. And so like, I've been asked before to be the PTA president, right? And my first response is, heck no, like no way, no chance ever, You know, me being the PTA president does not help my children learn more. It doesn't help them have more balance and wellness and happiness. It doesn't help them socially. It doesn't. It just kind of sucks up my time. And there's plenty of capable people that can do that. But I, of course, you know, I have scripts. I say, hey, let me get back to you. I'm so honored that you would ask me something, you know, of that significance. Then I have a script. I just send shoot him an email that says, you know what, my my partner, or my husband says I have too much on my plate right now. Again, I'm honored that you would choose me. Um, but, you know, think of me throughout the year for some volunteer opportunities. I'd love to help out where needed. I just can't do this right now. I have too much on my plate. And my husband always thinks I have too much on my, on my plate. So that's a, you know, that's easy. <laughs> so... So you kind of, again, you guard your time, you figure out you know what can be put on your plate. If you are deciding to put a big project on your plate at something new, uh, then be willing to take something off so that your mental wellness stays intact. Um, then what I do is, and this is just simple for me, I kind of draw a line down the paper when I'm doing my goals and then across, like down the front of the page, and then across the page, so it looks like a big kind of T, four quadrants, faith, family, fitness, Finance, faith, family, fitness, finance. And so I do all my goals, all my vision stretching, all my um, you know business plans uh, based on those four quadrants. So I say, what is my dream this year, this 10 years, whatever, in my faith? What do I want to do? What How do I want to contribute? What would make me happy? Uh, who else do I want to make happy? What causes do I want, like injustices do I want to correct? Um, you know, the, the contribution piece or the self-development piece there. Same thing with my family, short-term, long-term goals, my ideal relationships. I, I envision that I wrote all, I, all those goals down. So every day when I read my business plan or my goals, and, and again, we get, as leaders get so focused on that next goal that we're trying to accomplish that we can become tunnel vision. But every morning and every night, when I read my business plan, it has all four of those quadrants, so it rebalances me in my thinking, and I don't get too much of a you know crazy maniac mentality on any one thing. Um, but then, as I plan, I I kind of like remember Stephen Covey and you know his his great analogy of the big rocks, where you know he would say put all these rocks, pebbles, sand into this big cylinder, and they could never fit it in unless there's only one way that the big rocks went in first, then the small rocks then you pour in the sand and it fills in all the crevices. Well, those big rocks are your spiritual things. Those big rocks are your family things. So I put in my family nights. Uh that's in first. That's a non-negotiable. I put in my mommy dates, my my uh dates with my husband uh every week, weekly date nights. I put in our little mini honeymoons every quarter. I put in all my personal wellness things. All that stuff's put in. And then as a leader, I know I can go all out in business, in, in whatever I'm doing in my callings, you know, I'm, I can go all in and just work as hard as I can. And I don't burn out. I won't burn out because I'm, my wellness is taken care of. My spiritual life is intact. My family, my relationships, my key roles as a mother and as a wife and as a business leader, all those things that are so important to me are all put in those big rocks are put in. So I, you know, most of these leaders, when they start to get focused on a big goal, it could, they could go three months and realize, oh, no, I, I haven't had a date with my spouse or I haven't really had any one on one time with my teenager. And so this uh, you won't have that mommy guilt if you if you build it, if you structure your time well. So, I mean, there's no perfect balance. There's just no such thing. There's going to be times where something, you know, something's going on in business and you have a big goal and you're really tilted that way. And then there's going to be other times where maybe a parent is sick or one of your kids is going through a hard thing and you're tilted the other way. So there's no perfect balance, but there is striving for balance and happiness.
0: Really good stuff. Really practical. A lot of this stuff strikes me as timeless, good for any time in our lives, leaders of all types, anybody that has influence. I thought it'd be helpful to kind of um, push over into the timely piece of that. Kind of last for the last question here. We're in a unique moment and opportunity. Um, I've just done some international travel and masks are coming off. People are traveling again. There's some lift for a lot of people who are listening to this. We're feeling some of the barriers we felt for the last two years. Um, just kind of get loosened right now. There yeah. are some opportunities. I'm curious, what are a couple of the big opportunities leaders should be re, be really paying attention to right now?
1: You know, uh, for me, for me, my, my whole goal right now, like I said, I have a business plan that's 100 years past when I pass away. Um, I'm putting a, a trust in place that any of my posterity, kids, great grandkids, cousins, whatever, if they want to do any type of service, if they want to do any type of um, philanthropy, you know, mission trips, whatever, that this trust will pay for them. So right now, I just think that there's a lot of people still held back. There's a lot of people still in this slump. There's but the but there's so much opportunity. The other thing is there's this you know there's there's so many people that are looking for. More, they're wanting a better quality of life. They're wanting to think bigger. They're wanting, you know, what it, what would it be like? Could could I have something more? We have this thing called the uh, Great Resignation happening, where people are in masses leaving their jobs. Um, they they're sick and tired of being at the mercy of a boss, they don't wanna be at the mercy of a boss or the economy ever again. They wanna take control of their future. They wanna take control of their income and they want a place that they can build something that's built to last and that they're making an impact. So for me, like most of my goals now are contribution goals. Uh, when you can think past yourself, cause you know, I, I hit in my income goals a long time ago. And a lot of people, a lot of leaders, they have. Well, when I hit this goal in my business, when I hit this goal in my church, when I hit this income, that's that's where I want to be. That's where I'll be happy. And the challenge with having a finish line is when you get there, you're finished. I don't want to ever. I don't want to ever be finished. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to be better. I want to continue to make bigger contributions in the lives of others. So, right now, I think is a great time to be kind of stretching your vision of what do you really, really want your ideal life to look like? And what do you, maybe that second best version of you, there's two of you, there's the guy or gal that is, and the one that is meant to be. What does he look like? What does she look like? What kind of impact is she making? What is the communication that he's doing? How is he changing lives? Get clear on who that person is and get clear what your ideal life looks like. And hopefully you can incorporate that it's about others and that you continue to get to make a big impact right now and and continue your leadership development uh, journey. But here's the deal with all these people right now that are looking for change there, you know, what the number one reason that they're leaving their jobs is, it's not money. The number one reason they're leaving their jobs is because of work environment, work environment. They want a place that like, it's good people doing good things for others they want a place where that they their efforts can be appreciated they want a place where they can like their coworkers and feel like they're making a difference and so i'm just telling you, like wh- whatever company you have or church you have right now uh it needs to be open and it needs to be uh accepting and it needs to have this just a positive environment where people can grow and that they can feel like their contributions are um you know, rewarded and that they they are important but then also that they have lots of room to grow. So create a big vision for your life. So big right now that all these people that come within it, in your organization, in your church, in your company, that they feel that they can reach their biggest dreams inside this other bigger dream, this vision that you're casting. So I would challenge you right now, like this is a great opportunity for growth. This is a great opportunity to change a lot of lives and make a big, big difference. And for you to personally, like what got you here isn't going to get you there for you to personally kind of have a refresh mentality and say, I'm, I'm brand new. You know, (laughs) I have this, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started mentality and kind of put your supercharger in place again of that personal development, leadership development, being a student all over again, and, uh, and uh, just get excited about what's next in your life. And um, like I said, there's going to be a lot of people that you can serve and help. And uh, they'll be more open than ever before about your opportunity.
0: Jamie, I feel the passion. I feel your fire for helping people and uh, crushing a lot of limiting beliefs. And thanks for sharing your story here. Huge congrats on your new book, Happy and Strong. Keep up the great work. It seems like you are exactly where you need to be contributing in so many ways. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Awesome, thank you.